Don't just go through life, grow through it. Hi, and welcome to the Grow Through Podcast with Fee Dang. My name is Fee, and I am a human design life coach known as the Positivity Queen. I am passionate about helping you not to just go through life, but grow through it. Join me in this podcast, which will provide inspiration, motivation, and practical steps to help you live your best life as your most aligned and authentic self. Through my Soul Revolution methodology, the pillars of which are mindset, self-love, energy, and purpose. Ready to grow? Let's grow. Hi, beautiful souls. I am so excited to have Mishi Kwan here today on the Grow Through It podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Mishi. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you all today. Yeah, so it's a really funny story about how we met. We crossed paths last October and I think we were DMing and maybe I was in the bathtub at the beginning and kind of messaging you and voice noting you. Then we went on a call and then you were in the bathtub. So I feel like we're connected by bathtubs. We love water. Um, At the time of recording this podcast, it is a Cancer New Moon as well, which is really interesting. And so Mishi and I have worked together through coaching, we're friends as well, and I'd love to share more about you, Mishi. So you used to be in a high-paying corporate career. You are now an alternative health practitioner focusing on subconscious reprogramming, EFT, and you also have your own podcast where you talk about the source of truth bridging everyday topics with spirituality, and it's all about energy, the laws of the universe, and channeled messages from God and pure love. And what I really love about you, Mishi, is that you are a 1-3 emotional manifesting generator. And I find with the 1-3 personality, it's all about the book smart, learning all the details and things, and then you've got the embodiment, which is a street smart. So welcome to the podcast. I'd love for you to share more about you're experiencing um you're experiencing learning about your human design being a one three emotional manifesting generator. Thanks so much, V. This is so exciting because you're like literally my introduction to human design. And when we first got introduced, it was in a call with um, I think it was like an intro call, and you told me, Oh, that was actually so interesting. I think I gave you the wrong birthday. <laughs> So we went through like yeah. 30 minutes of the call <laughs> and I was like, this does not resonate, but I will keep listening. And then, um, and I was in the bathtub and then when you actually told me like, oh wait, like, you know, maybe this is why it doesn't resonate. Cause I put in the wrong birth year. I have no idea why I did that. Um, and then, and then everything started resonating and I just learned about manifesting generator and the one three is kind of new too, to me. And it makes so much sense why I have so much like, personal like hobbies and passions and interests and I'm always learning and studying even to a point where I find that people might think it's annoying and how much I pivot but also it's um a lot of embodiment after I learn something I like then I become it (laughs) I'll just do something else too yeah I really love that because I know even in your corporate career you had a lot of different lives and different um roles that you played so I'd love for you to share with the audience more about your corporate career and how you've become the alternative health practitioner that you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So my entire life, I went to school, I started like elementary school, and I realized that like I, it was just really natural for me for to get good grades. 
I actually thought I was going to be gifted and then there was a test, but I guess I did not pass that test. So then I was like, oh wait, actually I'm not gifted. So then I saw other people go to the gifted class and I was like, okay, maybe I'm not actually that smart. But then I would see myself actually trying really hard and studying really hard. So then I just naturally gravitated towards subjects where I just got easy marks. So, so when it came time to choosing university, I, um, I was pretty much good at like all things like in sciences and maths and English. I was really good at English. I was really good um, in honestly, a lot of the subjects, maybe not sports or music. Actually, that was like where I was not so good at the artsy stuff. So then or other than painting, I was really good at that. Um, so then I I did not know what I wanted to do. So then I chose business because I watched a lot of these TVB TV shows growing up and TVB is like a Hong Kong, like Hollywood, where there's all these like corporate people that do these really cool meetings and boardrooms. And I was like, oh my God, these people look so cool. There's all this drama. So I decided to pursue business because you can still decide if you want to do like finance, marketing, consulting, accounting, which I had no idea what any of these were, but I knew it was like um, entrepreneurial and I could choose. And then long story short, if we want to deep dive deeper, but then throughout university, I was trying to figure out what do I want to do? So then I did an accounting internship at Ernst & Young. And that was, it's like a big four accounting firm. And it was a lot of networking and people skills to actually land that internship. And then I did not resonate with that, but it was super fun doing accounting for the summer. And then I did, and then I still did not know what, what I was going to do when I graduated because then it was fourth year. And then um, I missed all the applications to get into full-time jobs from out of business school because I was just, I had my head in the clouds and I was like, oh, I'll just, I want to work in China. And then I missed all the deadlines. And then I realized, okay, I don't know how to get a China. I'm, I'm, I'm only like 21 or 22. So then I went back to my old company and I was like, I missed all the deadlines for any of the jobs graduating. Is there anything you guys have left? And then they're like, uh, sorry, we were like already at interviews. Like, no, we don't. So then um, they were like, okay, actually, since you like rejected our accounting firm offer, we actually have like one opening we're still interviewing for and it's for technology consulting at Ernst & Young. So then I joined their advisory um, consulting arm. And at the time it was really booming in 20, I think 17, they just hired a lot of people to do technology consulting because at the time, like you see now, like tech is everywhere. So we're doing that and consulting is a very much like um, you wear multiple hats. So I did that, started in consulting. And then I realized I actually don't really like tech consulting. I was good at it. And I did all these different industries. And then I went into fashion and I consulted for, I went in-house at Chanel and I was doing digital stuff in Chanel at, in Hong Kong. And then after a year, I'm like a job hopper. And then I went to do consulting in Asia for cars like Jaguar, Land Rover, um, Cardi, Van Cleef, uh, Max Mar, Louis Vuitton, Hermes, and all these other brands. And I just kept on going back and forth in corporate. I was always really, really good. And I always excelled um, with my bosses and always got good ratings. But I was so miserable and my health was like deteriorating, especially when I worked in China. I would work until like 12 to 1 a.m. every day. Um, got promoted to becoming a manager in like six months. And then um, then I left. My final corporate job was then I left again from, from consulting in China. Then I went back to Canada and I did 
tech because it was more chill. So I did tech at Shopify, which is a Canadian e-commerce company. And um, that job also like wearing multiple hats. Like I feel like I was always wearing multiple hats. I didn't even know I was a manifesting generator. And then, yeah, what I did now is like, it's through a lot of inner work. <laughs> mm, and I think like, what you're describing is very typical of a manifesting generator. And I think people in society always expect you to stick to the one thing. But when you're a manifesting generator like yourself and myself, it's like you're allowed to bounce and you start something and you stop something. And it sounds like you were really successful in your corporate career. And now obviously you're, you're more tapped into that spiritual side of yourself. And I think it's really interesting because when I did your human design reading, your sole purpose is literally service. And what I really found interesting about your design is this contrast of this stillness, Buddha energy, which is really like wise, all-knowing. And then there's also that contrast of being so alive, that vitality, that being really turned on. And so I know a big part of what you do is helping perhaps other women kind of leave their corporate jobs and go into entrepreneurship. Um, I very much do the same. And I was interested to hear what are the commonalities or themes that you find with helping women transition from a corporate career into perhaps something else that really lights up their soul and makes them really happy and soul fulfilled? Right. There's, as you said, like we work with very similar types of people. And I would say it's so much of the same things that I went through as well. There's a lot of so much generational trauma and fear of being seen. I would say fear of being seen, um, especially the ones that want to do a service-based business, you have to either show up in your community physically and promote yourself of what you're doing, or you have to promote yourself online. There's huge vulnerability in that. And, and you have to constantly put yourself out there, like in real life or in person, depending where you are. And every time you do, there might be a really great response and there might not be. And I see this with um, certain individuals um, as well, where they'll be really excited and want to put themselves out there as perhaps maybe a, um, a model, let's say. And then after some time, after some time in the industry, they get maybe some harsh criticism and so forth. And then they decide to, um, oh no, like I don't want to put myself out there so much. Like there's an upper limit problem. This is like actually something I worked with as well. Um, and I would also say that another thing other than the fear of being seen is also to really tuning into yourself because we're taught, especially as women or especially as just going through the normal societal norms to listen to what is like the path of success and that usually is going to school and usually is getting a good job and when you get a good job you have a manager that you want to please and you want to get good ratings to get a promotion or even maybe job a pop but you always need to follow these certain ways and when you start doing things for yourself and really figuring out what you want to do and if it is corporate that's amazing but if it's not corporate then you have to really like shed all that social conditioning and that's where people get stuck because it's so scary. And oftentimes there is like not as many people doing the unconventional path as there are people doing the conventional path. Mm, I really love that you spoke about that because I really remember writing about that in my book as well. Like we're expected to be a certain way and very much unlearning all of that. And 
I know you're so passionate about, you know, women showing up and being seen. And I think especially ourselves being, you know, women of color with an Asian background, it's something very different. We're kind of taught to be quite quiet, submissive, perhaps like blending in the background, not really necessarily speaking our truth. So I guess, do you have any tips or maybe you've experienced yourself of how you um, get more comfortable in showing up? Mm Mm-hmm. I think getting more comfortable showing up, it does come down to, it's like in all areas of life, when you start showing up in one aspect, in, for example, in your career, when you show up, it's more of your masculine energy. You want to be more assertive and really shine you physically and then you, your energy and your work. And that requires you to, again, tune in, have that stillness and understand who you are. And then just like, effort just do it anyways because like the best you can do is really the best you can do and if someone can do it better I mean that's them that's not you so you might as well just do what you can and at the same time give yourself like so much empathy and compassion when it gets tough and you have to step take one step back and work at some inner healing and traumas and blocks that come up because that's never a a real step backwards it's just a step backwards so you can come back to yourself before you like leap towards like much further again and then I would say showing up in other areas of your life not just in career when you show up for example in in just for example relationships when you're used to being submissive and so forth you might be a people pleaser you might be someone who always says yes is always there for all your friends even though you have like maybe no no battery life left in your own capacity for that day but you're always there for your friend and sometimes that's really needed for whoever it is that you're helping but sometimes it is not and the more you're able to understand what your battery life is and how you can keep yourself as properly full as possible then you're able to continuously show up and not have to always keep on retreating 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 because I know I I I'm the type too because I'm also a cancer I'm like a crab so I kind of like go into my my crab shell a lot and part of my growth is going into my crab but only for a limited time because I can understand where my like normal range of energy is Mm, I really love that because I identify that being an emotional authority as well in human design. And whilst I'm not a cancer, I do have the two profile line, which is a hermit in human design. So very much, yeah, retreating and going back out there. And I think part of this journey is also learning to navigate those the emotions that you kind of mentioned. And what is your take on kind of the beginning stages of entrepreneurship starting your own business I mean there's a lot of fears that come up we've talked about being vulnerable what's your take on it oh my gosh the path to entrepreneurship at least for me has been huge because I would say honestly my entire I mean I would say from high school onwards I've known I've wanted to be an entrepreneur like I when I was 16 there was like a business class and I just knew I had something with business I mean this is also why I studied business why I worked in corporate and worked with all these businesses but I was so scared to do my own thing and I've had actually a few 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 um failed ventures if you call them I don't call them failures but like when I was um 16 I wanted to do this entrepreneurship like grant that they have for high school students but I thought like oh I don't have a good idea like what am I going to do just like um paint someone's 
you know, like house and like, there's so many painters already, but now knowing, I know that there's no painter like me. I'm not, I'm not a painter, but like, but like, um, there's so many times I tried, I took a step forward to entrepreneurship and I always stepped back. Um, when I was 22, when, right, right when I started my first job at, at Ernst & Young as a consultant, I did an online Shopify store, which is very ironic because then I worked at Shopify. Um, so it all comes into place, but I sold toothbrushes <laughs> and like travel gear and it was drop shipping and I did some orders. So I never had any inventory because it's called drop shipping, but I would sell them to random people. And it was all through marketing. I would sell these toothbrushes. Sadly, I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, this is why I shut it down. I, I would buy, buy it for a dollar. I would sell it for $20, <laughs> these toothbrushes. <laughs> and then people would get it in like Ireland and be like, I would advertise those like, oh, this is eco-conscious, it's vegan friendly or whatever. Because I was only 22 and I wanted to like be like e-commerce e-commerce millionaire. Mm. Um, but then they would get these products and they'd be like, oh, this is like a dollar product because it had no packaging from me. It was like from China directly. So then I shut that down. And then I also tried some other things. I tried to like start my own yoga um Instagram page. And then I also did a oh, right before what I'm doing now, which is much more aligned is right before last October, I took a, a stab into um, luxury travel advising because I was like, I did a lot of travel and I did luxury stuff and advisors and anything. Um, and long story short, that one, I did a soft launch and I just posted it on Facebook. My friend, my one of my friends, he's a really successful entrepreneur in HVAC. He advised me to put um, a Facebook post in a group that I was giving away a few services if you would just leave me a testimonial so I posted and within 24 hours I had over like 200 dms on Facebook and that was so overwhelming and I worked from my corporate job from nine to five and then until like 12 p.m um for like a month um and it was and I did all this like travel planning for people and it was really great but I just realized that was not for me and that was all part of the journey um, and now it's still, it's still definitely difficult, um, but it's like so rewarding because I know my direction now. Mm. I just feel like you've spoken like that true soul personality of yours, which is that three profile line, because that's what you're all about. It's about trial and error, trying things. And I just love that you sold toothbrushes, you've done um, yoga, you've done like luxury consulting. I think it's incredible. And it's so clear, like you don't have a fear of failure, like you've got a different definition of what failure is so I'd love for you to kind of share a bit of your insight and your take on what failure is and learning and growing from that yeah thanks Phoebe because while I was going through that I would get a lot of feedback directly from peers and even my family or even bosses that would say why don't you just stay at this job like my my peers would say that and they would work these like really nice like Christian like finance jobs and they'd be in these jobs for like five six years and I always wanted to be them I always wanted to be the person that would like worked at this one company for like 10 years and just had a stable job like I actually always wanted that so whenever they they said that to me I always felt so hurt and I always felt like like I feel I felt like I was it was so wrong that I always always was job hopping and then um bosses too when I had to leave those jobs my bosses would always tell me like I remember when I left my 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 consulting job in China, I I uh, I got promotion to manager within like six months, which usually takes two years. 
um, and I just joined it and I like learned Chinese in like a year basically um, and when I got as soon as I got promoted a few weeks later I just handed my resignation um, because and, and then he was like how could you do this the, the senior director at the time so like very high up he's like how could you do this we abdicated for you to get to manager like this was like a lot of work on our side to get you up there. I always felt so bad, but in my um, reason why I did that is because I always worked so hard. So like I, the, the work I was doing was already a manager. I was just a senior consultant. So I just did it so they would validate my experience. And then I left because my health was deteriorating, but it, it all looked like kind of failures when I left those jobs. And my colleagues probably were like, you know, she's always job hopping. And even now people might be like, what is she even doing? <laughs> but for me, like, I feel so aligned. So you can say all that stuff to me now, like, even though I'm at like this earlier stage, I see it all as like, it all makes sense looking back and never makes sense looking forward. And some quotes only ring true once they hit. And this is definitely a quote that rings true for me. Mm, I just love your attitude towards life. I think you're so brave and courageous and that's what we need to see more of in the world. And I think when you kind of described me, because when I remember when we were working together and I was, we were coaching and it was interesting because you were trying to balance all the time. And I was saying like, look, you've got to start setting time aside to work on your business. And I know in one of your recent podcasts, you talk about the role of discipline, going beyond vision boards, goals, and habits. And, you know, asking about the unconscious reasons and how we perhaps gaslight ourselves when it comes to discipline. And I find it really interesting because your chart, you're a manifesting generator, you're doing a lot of things, but you also have the channel of concentration. So when you're like in that zone, you're focused Obviously, somebody who gets a promotion in six months, that takes two years. It talks a lot about your tenacity and drive, like when you're in that zone. So do you have any kind of further insights to share about the role of like discipline and building your business? Yeah, thanks, Feet. I think this is definitely, so I would say my, I, I love the things I talk on my podcast and it really resonates um, with my astrological midheaven I'm a Gemini midheaven and I only realized this all made sense once I learned about it so Gemini midheaven is someone and I have a lot of Gemini in my chart so I'm a Cancer sun but I'm a Gemini moon I'm a Gemini Mar uh, Mercury I'm a Gemini Venus I'm a Gemini midheaven so all this Gemini energy it's all about communication it's all about um, seeing different sides and then the midheaven really is someone that can take the step back and then see a bigger picture and then take all that information and give a really like philosophical big picture to the general so in terms of discipline I can definitely see that a lot of the reasons why people do not have discipline is there's self-sabotage and that usually comes from subconscious patterns, which I work with people through doing inner child work and also shadow work and also emotional freedom technique, EFT. But also I have the same compassion because since I am a manifesting generator and also in Myers-Briggs, I am an ENFP. I have ideas everywhere. I give myself so much compassion when I have a new surge in energy to do something else. And to someone else, it may look like I'm not so disciplined, but it's because there's something else I really need to 
direct my energetic flow to, whether it's actual business or maybe something in my personal life, that something takes a backseat. But in my heart, I know that it's still a commitment to me until it is not and the energy dies. Mm, thank you so much for sharing. And I love that you mentioned the tools that you use and one that I really resonate with as well as EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique. Can you tell people more about that that are probably listening and they're like, what is that? What do you, how do you do EFT? What do you get started? What are the basics? Yeah, so emotional freedom technique it is a really easy tool for people to start doing as a self um, healing tool. It is basically similar to people call it like acupressure tapping points, or it's like acupuncture without the needles. So basically there it's based off of a Chinese meridian points, which are some are on your head, some are on your um, between your eyebrows, your um, temples, your nose, your collarbone, so forth. And when you are tapping, you go deep into whether it is the limiting belief, it is something that you're struggling right now. Perhaps it's like, oh, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed. Or maybe you are going deep into a wound, like um, a love wound or maybe a money wound. And you can tap to actually get the memory in and then dislodge the memory. And then part of the EFT, the biggest part actually is the pattern interrupt. So after you do all that release and do all that stuff, you can actually do a pattern interrupt, which is, for example, I just like say a funny story, like, um, you know, did you know that there was a blue cow looking over your shoulder at 4.30 a.m. yesterday night? And then you're <laughs> like, what? And people start talking about that. And that actually like cuts off the neural pathway in your brain of that memory, that limiting belief. And the further you go back in that memory or that wound, the more of it you can cut. And then you can use some affirmations with your tapping to affirm what you would rather believe. And it's been actually so transformative in me quickly shifting things I work through because so many things come up um, every day, of course. Yeah. And I guess EFT is also a branch of doing subconscious work, which you're really passionate about. And I think people are always really intrigued by subconscious work. So where do you think is the first place to start if you're interested in like reprogramming your brain and your mind? Mm -hmm. All right. The first place to start, well, let's say a lot of subconscious work really is understanding why you do the things that you do, whether it's you could say it's good or it's bad. And usually people want to adjust or address the ones that are bad and it's subconscious. So where you would start is start questioning any of the behaviors that you, you would want to change. Perhaps like we talked about, it's discipline. So why have you not been disciplined? Was it because you had perhaps when you were six, your parents signed you up for swimming lessons and you had to go every week, but because maybe someone made fun of you that, you know, you still couldn't pass, you know, the, you know, the milestone to get to the next level of swimming that you actually said, oh, I'm not good at swimming. So to other people, it looks like you were not disciplined and you took that as not being disciplined, but the actual core wound was actually, you felt ashamed and embarrassed that you were not good enough. So it's all actually going deeper and deeper and deeper to these wounds. And some of the wounds actually are not actually you and your experiences. 
They might be past lives or might be from your parents or your mom or your mm. grandma or someone that did not heal it. And then you got these wounds too. A lot of the times with women, especially, for example, um, insecurity honestly is everywhere in men and women. And it's like a huge um, earthly uh topic not topic let's see trait that a lot of people uh, deal with and that actually really does not come from you it's all these generations of just not feeling good enough so never feel like it's just you and like take that so personally yeah and I love that you always bring compassion back into it because I think you have to have so much compassion when you're doing this work like it's really hard like facing your fears and your shadows and your wounds and doing the inner child work I think it's really easy to kind of pretend and ignore and sweep it under the rug so people should be so proud of your kind of dipping your toes into spirituality and personal growth and I know you've been kind of getting more into like your starseed light worker origins do you want to share with the community more about that yeah, so don't know if anyone knows about star seeds or light workers. I feel like when I learned about it, it was kind of like this hush hush thing. And long story short, uh, last October, everything happened in October 2022 for me. Yeah, um, that's when we I met too as well. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met. He and I met. Um, I think I met. I met my twin flame or one of my twin flames. I met this tarot reader. So the tarot reader. I went to this tarot reader that was a crazy day I cried in her room randomly I found her that day and after a session she like did some Akashic records also uh yeah we can talk about Akashic records but um then at the end of the session she, she said have you ever heard about light workers or star seeds and I was like no maybe light workers and I think I only saw the word light worker from this one TikToker I think her name was like Anne Marie and she always called herself a light worker so then she's like, oh, okay, bye. So I went home and I researched it. And then in the next few weeks, I really resonated with being an Andromedan starseed. Um, it's a very controversial topic, but for me, it really resonates. And I'm, I connected with a few, a few other starseeds and it's, it's very interesting and honestly, just kind of fun to have a more galactic inter, interplanetary association to yourself whether it's real or not and a lot of the star seed work and the light uh, worker work has helped me with my purpose and it's to really elevate the consciousness of earth and finding what gifts you have for me I know it's communication my empathy to help people and that's how you elevate the earth so at least for me it really helps yeah, I, I love that you brought up Starseed because I feel like even for me, like I usually channel like angels and your spiritual team. And recently I've been connecting more with my Starseed origins because I had a similar but different story to you. I actually had a, a random lady message me one day. She's like, did you know you're a Starseed? And I'm like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> what is that? And I think she read my chart or something. I'm pretty sure you can look it up, but I think I'm from an Arcturian star seed so they're like the blue ones they're quite advanced they're all about technology you know this morning I woke up on the cancer new moon and all the modes changing there's like this light language all these light things all over my walls like the technology in my house has been flickering like there's and and it's definitely like a new space for me to kind of find out and I think there's this like cosmic light council alien side but light workers are also like teachers they're also nurses like you know it's pretty much anybody like you said 
contributing to the collective. And I, I find it so fascinating because you've had an extensive corporate career. You're going into the world of past lives, Akashic Records. And so have you always been spiritual? Can you share more? Because I know you're um very passionate about spiritual awakening. So I'd, I'd love to know more about how you got more into the spiritual world. And I think for me being in corporate, it was so scary, right? Like, I feel like when I came out of the spiritual closet, I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is a true me. Like, I want to talk about crystals. I want to talk about aliens and angels. So, yeah. No, I love this so much. And I love connecting with um you and anyone who else identifies as spiritual because you definitely feel like the weird one. Then it's just like, because what I heard from some, I don't even know who it was, but um yeah, they just said so simply like, not everyone will go through the spiritual path and that's okay. So that just made me realize, okay, well, some people will never understand does not mean that you're any different from them, but it's just like, that's just not them. So I would say as long as you identify with spirituality and it helps you, then take with, you know, take it and run with it and, you know, explore as you wish. And how I really stepped into it, I would say, um, growing up, I never had a religion, my parents are Chinese, but uh, we had these Chinese, maybe Buddhism practices, but they were not like religious, religious. But I always, as you mentioned, feel like you said Buddha. Oh my gosh, I have had this fascination with Buddha my entire life. Um, one of the key instances was when I was like 12. My mom had a friend who was a, like a Buddhist. She was a coworker of hers. And she just gave me this little, little book. It was maybe like 30 pages and I was like 12 I had no idea what any of this was and just had the most simple phrases like spread compassion or you know you're love or just be still be one and stuff and all this stuff and I love this little book but I always felt so afraid to read it because I felt like oh this is like weird um and then so I brushed that aside and then in university my last year last semester of studying the Netherlands and I was like I still don't have a religion I shouldn't have a religion. So then I took this course called Global Religion, which with this amazing professor. Professor. So over the few months we studied Judaism, you know, um, Catholic um, practices, Islam practices, um, um, Buddhism practices, all these practices. And I thought I would find my religion in that um, course, and I never found my religion in that course so I was like okay well that did not work either and then um and then yeah so then I then I did a yoga um training in Bali and before I didn't really do much yoga but then after that that like lit me up and okay I was like okay I I like yoga and I like yoga from India and then the, yeah, the spirituality really came um in also October 2022 and long story short um, ever since then I just have been learning about energy the laws I also have a strong it's not just spirituality but I I am quickly I had an Akashic Records uh, session last Friday today is a Monday and he's so amazing um, his name is Wale and he told me my past life it was a pure random like Akashic reading he didn't know anything about me no birthday just knew my name just popped on onto a zoom screen he told me in my past life, I'm a, I was a Buddha, I was a Shaolin monk, which makes so much sense because that morning I was listening, I've been uh, learning about the Shaolin monk practices for quite a few months now, um, especially this uh, uh, Shaolin uh, master called uh, Shi Hung Yi. That's crazy. He told me I was a Shaolin monk. I've dated monks before. And um, 
it makes so much sense all this stuff so it's yeah I just don't I don't do only the energy and the spirituality and the star seeds but I bring in like the the Asian side to it which is like um yeah probably the Taoism and probably the uh, Buddhism um and it'll definitely develop and probably gonna get feng shui and stuff but I think it's all like my past lives and just remembering this and bringing it to modern stuff and the last thing I will say about spiritual awakening is I feel like a lot of my peers my friends and I think some of them might listen to this is um perhaps some of them I'm activating them spiritually and I can see this with some friends I've had for a long time they've never been spiritual but I bring them together and they're like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in energy. What is astrology? The more they hang out with me, the more I see them following Instagram posts of like new moons and stuff or like, <laughs> um, yeah, connecting with my friends that are astrologers. And I'm like, I, I'm like definitely activating a lot of people and even people I'm dating. I can see that they're, um, they're like, I don't know what God is. And then we go mm. off on spirituality. So so I definitely see like that getting in activated. And it, it's, yeah. it is that, like I always tell my clients, like you don't have to tell people to do the work because when you do it, your natural energy and frequency is rising and the people are either going to join you and uprise or you might, you know, have some distance and spread apart. And it's so funny because I was literally about to tell you, like when you were talking, like my team were like, she has been a monk. Like that's why you, I mean, it's so clear to me when I look at your human design, right? A masculine soul reincarnated in a woman's body. We've got the actual Buddha energy as your main life energy. We've got the channel of concentration. So it really does make sense that you've had a past life there, which I think is pretty wild because it's not our first rodeo our lives. I think that's one of the biggest like spiritual principles that I kind of tell people. It's like, this isn't your first and only lifetime. You've had many. And most of the times we're reawakening and opening these gifts again. And I know you're really interested in like the laws of the universe, as you mentioned. So, I mean, that's one thing that I like to share with people. You know, this isn't your only lifetime. It, you know, you'll keep going. And to me, like the purpose of life is to experience it in a human way, to have fun, to explore. What are some, what are like one of your other favorite like universal laws that you like to share with the people in your world? Yeah, thanks, V. The one I'm practicing the most is, um, so I, Deepak Chopra has this 21 day free abundance meditation on Spotify. And I did the entire 21 days every day um, in May, 2023 this year. And at least in July, I've been just meditating with him every day. And I've been meditating, I think for 10 years um, on and off now is much more frequently. Um, and yeah, I've introduced meditation to so many of my friends. Oh my gosh, I, when I was doing it, I just did it because I was always so stressed um, but the law that I'm practicing the most and learning is called the law of least effort. Mm, I love, love it. That. Yes. Deepak has a great meditation on it. And long story short, it's do nothing, receive at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because again, masculine soul in a woman's body, like your lifetime is learning to be in that feminine energy and receptivity and I think you know especially speaking for myself and the women that I work with like it's kind of hard to receive like you know people complimented me I felt a bit uncomfortable and I'd be like oh you too like you also look cute and all of these things and you know especially like as I'm starting to date again learning like oh like I'm here to receive like the man's gonna like help me and do these things like I don't have to always be the one that's giving and nurturing so I don't know if you also identify with this whole learning to receive and this like law of effortlessness mm -hmm. 
Right. Every time you say masculine soul and feminine body, I always feel very intrigued because I feel like when I date guys, um, they always tell me, I mean, like, so, okay. So growing up, I felt like I was in a very masculine role. Like I need to get a career. I need to make money. I need to provide for my family. Uh, just because I grew up very humble beginnings and I'm the oldest child and the oldest of my cousins too on my mom's side. So I always felt like I needed to Oh, really exert myself and it's so tiring but um when I date honestly it's really easy for me to be very feminine so when I approach guys I actually attract very masculine guys guys that um they will also may have some of their own woundings but they will tell me that I'm very feminine and it's actually quite easy for me to receive so much easy that sometimes I think it triggers them a lot mm. that um I yeah, I, I've I've been treated very well um, in dating before, and I think sometimes um, they get triggered too. And <laughs> I just I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I like this, and then they're like, oh okay, <laughs> because um, especially so where I am now in New York City and um, in America, um, there's definitely a lot of really beautiful women and also a lot of very career driven women. All women are amazing. But I would say from what I what I hear from when I date guys is so there's definitely like both very feminine, very masculine um, women in New York City. And they're both we need them. They're both great. But um, there definitely is a lot of women who I would say probably are in their masculine in dating as well, because that's why when I am very much in my feminine um, I like to have my cars call for me like I, I don't even pull on my wallet. Um, I like to be gone taken on really nice like actual dates the men who actually are quite successful and I would say um the ones I'm dating now actually are quite emotionally aware and conscious so it's like getting better and better they are quite shocked when I am very much my feminine because I feel like the women here are, are being in their masculine they're um you know they're going 50 50 still they're um yeah not asking for much they're always trying to please them they're you know dropping all their you know hobbies and or like whatever appointments just to make sure that they can be there for the man and stuff like that it's so interesting because I'm like a feminine soul and a feminine body but when I was in my corporate job and even you know at stages um you know dating again because I got into my masculine right because that's how I built my business that's how I was successful in my career and so it was actually I was like the opposite to you like I found it quite hard to receive like I would default to like paying for them and things and I realized like the energetics are out of touch like I mean as we record this like a year ago I broke up with my ex and I remember I was like I'll just pay for the trips to Paris I'll just pay for the trips to Morocco and he found it quite yeah like your face <laughs> if everyone could see her face right now she's like no you do not pay for the trip so I think it's really interesting and I don't know as I'm like listening to this podcast I think there's like a real spark that you give around shifting because I know a lot of women find it hard to go into their feminine to receive so that's just me seeing you on this podcast and how you kind of talk about dating yeah and thanks V. and so do you think like um in terms of like the masculine feminine do you have perhaps a say on it do you work a lot with clients in regards to their masculine and feminine energy yeah, so before I thought that women need to be in their feminine and completely in their feminine and you don't want any of the masculine energy and then men should only be in their masculine and you don't want any of the feminine energy. 
because yeah, you want the men to, you know, make the money and, you know, do the plumbing or like, you know, uh, <laughs> doing, you know, cutting the grass. And then you want the woman to, you know, take care of the family, make sure, you know, everyone's like nice and happy when they're at home and stuff. And I thought that was like a good way because my mom is actually very traditional as well. She's, um, she has a job, but my mom has, is very feminine and she's taught me to be very traditional in my relationships as well. So a huge influence is like my mom's always instilling this in me. Um, but I've learned that to be successful in this world, at least for, um, for me, because everyone is different. Some people really operate best, like very much in their feminine energy. So maybe it's like 90% feminine, 10% masculine. So 90% is like, they're okay with being a housewife, taking care of their family, their husband. And then the 10% is maybe just making sure that they, you know, have a backbone. They don't, you know, succumb to people's criticism but then there are the types that we need the women out there as well being you know the presidents of countries and prime ministers of countries and they're more in their masculine and that's totally fine because that's in alignment with them so they might be maybe like 70 percent in their um masculine maybe that's like um hillary clinton Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. perhaps that's that Um, So it's really just finding what is in alignment with you. And I think in entrepreneurship as a woman, it's great to harness your masculine energies in your daytime. But then if you want a holistic, um, really fulfilling a traditional relationship, then you need to turn that off when you're with your partner and just completely forget anything about your job unless it comes up and then just go in your feminine energy. And I think that polarity, even with your, within yourself, within one day, I at least find that's like so amazing. I can like use my masculine energy in the morning um, when I do my work. And then at night, I'm just like in full receiving. And then I can do that again tomorrow. And for me, that really works. And I think that women who want a career and also be in a traditional relationship, I think that's something to try out and we can yeah. work I really love what you shared because I think it's all about redefining it and finding your balance. I think I went from like really masculine to like way too feminine. Like I remember the beginning of my business, I was like all over the shop. Like I just wake up whenever I was like missing appointments because I didn't properly like write it down. And, you know, even this morning I was like, okay, got to get organized for me because I'm like in that kind of feminine flow. So I think it's really important to have that structure. It's kind of like that analogy of the river banks as a masculine and then your feminine is able to flow more and I think even for me dating oh by the way just saw 11 11 just had to point that out um you know uh dating and kind of making my identity like I did find on dates like I was trying to like prove myself and it was kind of like I was intimidating men because I'm like oh I run like a six-figure business I made this month I'm an author now like blah 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 blah. and it's like I think the true masculine man like he doesn't need to be impressed by that he's more impressed by like my heart and my soul and being in that feminine so I really love that you brought that up and kind of redefine it because yeah. I think we are definitely shifting into the age of the feminine, but we need both the masculine and the feminine. And I'm really finding in the industry, like people really, uh, women are scared to have any sort of masculine elements. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like that is still important. Like you still find love. You still have an amazing career with a balance of both. Yeah. And I want to add one thing, like you're so right you want to have your healthy masculine and your healthy feminine and you want your partner 
to have their healthy masculine, healthy feminine, even if it's like different proportions, like it could be 70, 30, and then your partner is at the 30, 70. So you guys kind of attract like that. So for example, if I'm like 70% of my feminine, I would usually attract to 70% in their masculine. Um, and then they have the 20% in their feminine. I have um, the 20% in my masculine. I think that um, is something groundbreaking that I thought was true. Um, and, and it's really embodying the divine feminine, all the, uh, the characteristics of like empathy and being in creative flow and expression and just bringing kind of boundless and expansion and colors and light creativity. And then having your healthy divine masculine of your, yeah, what you said, your structure, your boundaries, your work ethic, your vision, your manifestation into the physical because the female doesn't actually do much of the physical manifestations um and that's what we would strive for the divine masculine the divine um feminine in yourself rather than having wounded masculine energy and wounded feminine energy because then you'll find partners which is totally fine to have wounded masculine feminine energies if you guys can grow and heal and transmute that because that usually is the case like relationships are the biggest catapults for um healing so it's okay if you come in with some wounded energy because you both can become the divine masculine and feminines that is just such a beautiful insight that you shared that and thank you so much and you know it's funny because I saw one of my male clients last night and we were talking about the masculine and feminine energy and you know I was saying like we, we are redefining masculinity as well in society and I think for me the ultimate presence of a conscious man is presence that is the masculine in its trait. And so, I mean, this has been like a roller coaster of a conversation. We started in corporate, we've got into like the woo woo, into the Akashic records, we've come into like dating in the masculine and feminine. And so, I would love to kind of um, end the podcast. I, I ask three questions of every guest. So, are you kind of ready for our final questions in our podcast today? Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous don't be nervous I do do one row question which is the second one but anyways the first one is obviously I have a book called the great unlearning so I would love mm -hmm. to know what is your greatest unlearning in life so far Mishi well I guess it would be societal norms and I'm like a total mm -hmm. rule breaker but I want to actually bring it to something I'm learning now because you actually inspired me Fee, with your Scorpio feminine sex energy. <laughs> I, 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 um, <laughs> I am um, great on learning. I actually want to, um, so yes, definitely societal norms. And then to deep dive further, something I'm going into right now and really learning is I'm learning all the societal definitions around sex and women and what that means and to reclaim our sexual energy and to because yeah sexuality is creativity and to really harness and have a really fulfilling life and I think sex is like such a powerful manifesting tool and you feel so amazing right so it's like how can we make it such a positive thing that you can really embrace in your sexuality that's what I'm, I'm learning and learning uh, learning right now Oh yeah, I need to link uh, the podcast that we did because we talked more about that. And in the book, I actually share that, you know, women, like we actually have an organ, which is a clitoris, which is purely for pleasure. It doesn't do anything but pleasure, but even for men, all their body parts, it's sexual and there's like a function, but women, we're literally built for pleasure and it's so powerful. <laughs> I'm so passionate about it. I mean, you'll have to come back and we'll ch chat about it one day. And the second question I have for you is what was the last thing you Googled? 
shit. This one always throws guests oh off. I'm like, come on, spill the tea, spill the beans. What were you Googling? Okay, let me see. So I'm like a master Googler. Maybe there's like a manifesting okay, good. one through. So we, you'll have some interesting search um, things that you can share with us. Wait. Oh my God. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, so sh- sh- I'll just tell you three because I think okay. there's a good one. Okay. So I'm, I still don't really know what this is, but I'm Googling happening. You know what happening? It's like a modality. Mm, I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know what it is, but I'm Googling happening. Maybe I'll be, I'll be having you, um, you all later. <laughs> and then I Googled. <laughs> what is you doing? <laughs> And then I Googled, um, so I, I mean, I, I sage and I use Palo Santo, but um, I did this on someone and then I, so I, I just typed in like maybe Bakes um, Googled it. So I just wanted to see what Google said. So I typed in Google uh, getting saged. <laughs> um, and then, and then the last one is I put the Taoist Tantra. So now oh. you know the sexuality part. There she is. And the final question is, what is the best piece of advice or a quote that's changed your life that you'd like to share with us all? Okay, I would just say it's so simple. I would just say be free. Mm. I think, I don't know who mentioned this, but I think this goes into one of my um, influences also is like Bruce Lee. Um, He was like such a smart philosopher and also actor and like, director and everything and a kung fu martial artist of course I would say it's like be free because um very similar to the great unlearning and everything um there's just so many societal chains or just expectations that you have from your parents your partner maybe your clients your business yourself and what's the point in that when you have so many chains right so Mm -hmm. as long as you're able to constantly understand where the chains are this is like the subconscious work that you do or we do together then you're able to understand okay I can actually step towards being free and I just love being free like a free bird Um, yeah it's funny you say that because my name in Vietnamese means flying high and my parents are all about freedom Mm -hmm. I'm all about freedom. So I really love how our podcast has ended. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. And before you go, how can people best find you and connect with you? Thank you so much, Fee. This was uh, such an amazing conversation. I can't wait to share this with individuals as well and activate them because I love activating people. Uh, Or maybe they just get more nosy about me or you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my socials are at Michi Kwan. I'm at um, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, my podcast is called Source of Truth with Michi Kwan. And my website is www.michiquan.com. Thank you so much. And you can thank always you DM so me or email me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Michi. And thank you, beautiful souls, for listening. Until next time, catch you later. Bye.